Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Consider This, our 2019 version, as Jim knocks over everything on our table. (laughs) Very excited to start another year of this podcast. We had a meeting Monday, already have some great ideas. Um, Hopefully, you all are listening as you drive at work. You're probably clapping right now, thinking, wow, a whole other year of episodes. We're approaching... Not too long. Probably this year we'll hit 100. 100. Drew Moss forecasts that it will happen in October. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things he lies awake. I don't at even night know what to about. think about that. Well, that that's good. <laughs> I'd hate for it to land in July. October is kind of when we're going to hit it. I, according I to Drew's, sure hope so. Because July's national. Don't listen to any podcast month. What you number is this one? Eighty something. I think it's eighty. Oh, it's eighty. Twenty. No Twenty weeks. Hmm. I say. And hopefully Drew won't hear this, so I'll whisper it. Let's see if we could make it land in August to throw him completely off. All right. You do know that Ryan's the deaf one, <laughs> Drew's the blind one. So you can hear that. <laughs> well, hopefully you guys had a great holiday season, and hopefully you Sunnybrook folk were able to listen to Jim Sermon on a grateful look back on December 30th and Ryan Sermon, a grateful look forward on January 6th. If you haven't done that, we would highly encourage you to listen to those. Um, This podcast comes a little bit from those. um, And just as a church, as we begin to look forward to 2019, I think those are really helpful for who we are, where we've been, and where we're going. So please take time to listen to that, especially college students who were out of town at home, uh, but who are worshiping as members with us during their time here. Mm -hmm. So um, in the studio, I am pleased to announce beside me, my brother, Mr. Scott, spiritual formation director of all things, Mm -hmm. Irwin. Mm -hmm. Hello, Scott. Mm -hmm. And uh, also another brother, Ryan Vincent and the Reverend James Johnson, and we never want to forget the one who does all the hard work, Sir Steve Broadway. Thank you, Steve. Compared to what happens at this table, that is the hard work. (laughs) Yes, yes, So um, this week we are going to be discussing a question that Ryan posed in his sermon. Mm -hmm. Is the Holy Spirit necessary and evident in your everyday life? And when I, 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 I took a few notes while you preached. So you are a note taker. I, I am a note taker. Helps me do things like not sleep. Um, I have a child. Okay, just back off. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and actually, it was three, actually for the record, by the mm. way. Oh, I do. Yes. Okay. I need to write that down. Take a note. <laughs> That's um, why the other two are crying all the time. <laughs> Take a note. You only think you have one. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> oh, children. Okay. So Ryan, you did great. Really good word. Yep. Text yep. you afterward, appreciating it, but. It hit me most, the question, is the Holy Spirit necessary and evident in my everyday life? Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, that is really hard hitting. And what does that mean exactly? (laughs) And I had to think about it for quite a bit. And if I was thinking that, I'm sure there were a few others that were thinking it as well. And so for our listeners, just hearing that thought, as you contemplate um, how 2018 went and what you want to do, who you want to be in 2019, is the Holy Spirit necessary and evident in your everyday life? Mm -hmm. A great question. Flesh that out a little bit, what you mean by that. Um, Well, I mean, everyone at this table, and I assume most people listening would agree with the fundamental Christian doctrine that says that um, followers of Jesus, people that have entrusted themselves to him and and follow him in faithfulness and are now part of 
the church and the kingdom of God, part of that is that they've been sealed with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times we just say that and move on. And recently, maybe the last couple of months, I've just really become hung up on the fact that that I believe that very much to be true. And it has to have radical implications for who we are and how we live and what we do. And so when I say, uh, or when I pose the question that Rachel and I are asking ourselves, and I'm, you know, by way of asking it ourselves, asking everybody else to ask it of themselves, Mm -hmm. is the Holy Spirit both necessary and evident? One of the ways where I'm asking the question, is he necessary, um, is the idea that we are all to be conformed into the image of Christ, which is not a natural thing for humanity to do. And so in order to kind of fulfill one of the things that we've been tasked with, becoming more like Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit is necessary. And, I, and I'm asking myself, am I living my life in such a way that that's true of me, that he's necessary to my daily existence? Or am I living a life that I can kind of manage naturally? And, and that, that, like that, that has a windfall of implications, right? But that, that's the genesis or the, the gist of, of the question there is Christ-likeness does not come naturally to anyone. So am I being formed into the image of Christ? Therefore, it, another way of asking that, is the spirit necessary for my, for my life? And then to follow that with, is, he evi- is that evident to people? I can really fool myself into thinking that what what's, appears to be good in me is of God when maybe it's just abilities or talents or whatever. But I would like it to be evident to, in such a way that like Jim can affirm spiritual growth in me. Justin can say, I see the spirit working in you. When I have other spirit-filled people recognizing what the spirit's doing in me, it helps me understand that that is the spirit working in me. And so those are, that's kind of. Yeah, I think that's a great summary. So here's part of my kind of, not a pushback, but a, a continued question is the sealing of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that seems like something that happens. Mm-hmm. That's kind of part of our justification and at some level uh, a continued part of our experience th- through sanctification in our growth process as believers. But the fact that it can be evident in our daily life, mm-hmm. that's the part I'm, I'm wondering about. Is, it, is the Holy Spirit in our life something that we see happen as a mo- in a moment and then periodically there's these big instances where we can say, yeah, the Holy Spirit is really yeah. directing me to not go into that part of Asia at that time? Sure, or sure. is it truly like something we can recognize on a daily basis? Well, what so, a- so can, can a believer who's coming to our church and, and doing normal <laughs> everyday life recognize the Holy Spirit? And can somebody on the outside truly say on a daily perspective that, yeah, I can see the Holy Spirit in their life? One of the problems becomes, so our example of looking at this in the biblical text are the, uh, for the most part, the ministry of Paul and then my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's, a, that's a complicated problem, even though I don't think Paul's trying to even do that. Paul mm-hmm. is writing to normal people that live in, in the area of – in the province of Galatia and in the province or the city of Colossae. And yes. so he's writing to them, and he's talking about the power of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit in their lives. But when we're trying to compare my life, so, okay, is it evident? Okay, well, how is it evident in Paul's life? Mm-hmm. Well, he wouldn't let him go to Bithynia and up – and he forced him to go to Macedonia, and a man appeared and – that's not kind of what I'm going through. And so yeah. part of the problem is, is that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I'm I'm not Paul, mm-hmm. and I say that going back to the Holy Spirit. So let's 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 stop and ask this question. So when the Holy Spirit comes on someone, um, it's not something that we have or can use so that our lives are better. It's actually the empowerment of God to us to accomplish his purpose in our lives. So it's not we use it to accomplish our purpose in right. our lives. It's fundamentally, even Christ-likeness is the purpose of God to have Christ formed in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then his mission, that that through the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, supernatural uh, and now the new natural, maybe that's a good way to describe it, the supernatural, the things that are, you know, seem to be somewhat on the miraculous side, but anything the Holy Spirit does is obviously against our sinful nature, mm-hmm. but now is a part of our new nature. So we have this new natural that's happening within us. And so I think there can be a bit of a problem when I lay my life down beside the Apostle Paul and say, like, I don't know if I see it, when he becomes the standard. But I think Paul would go, I think you're looking at the wrong stuff. I think yeah. you're missing yeah. the unique, uh, specific aspects that the Holy Spirit has called and equipped and enabled me, because I'm dealing with the conversion of Paul this week <clears throat> as we go back into Acts chapter mm-hmm. 9. Scott and I had this conversation yesterday, just kind of an impromptu one. Um, Jesus didn't say to Paul, and you will be known as the greatest missionary in the history of the world. (laughs) He said to both Ananias and to Paul, um, I'm going to show this man how much he must suffer for my name. Like that's the paradigm that mm-hmm. Paul even, and that's why in Acts twenty twenty four, when Paul's speaking to the Ephesian elders, he makes that comment. The Holy Spirit makes it very evident that everywhere I go, hardships and prison awake, but I will press on because this is my calling. This is my task. So in light of that, I, I would just say a degree of caution that Paul himself would, would, would call us to see and even ask some questions instead of thinking um, just missionally, i.e., um, the miraculous things that are necessary for us sure. to plant churches in Ethiopia and Poland and Japan and Stillwater, that we're also asking the question, um, is the Holy Spirit evident that there might be in me peace and love and joy and yeah. patience and kindness and goodness and Which faithfulness? Which Paul would sum up as walking by the Spirit. Right? Yeah. Am I walking by the Spirit? Not, not am I like apostolic in my in my daily life but am i are you walking by the spirit that's kind of the question i'm asking mm-hmm. and francis chan and david platt don't mean to do this they are such blessings to me personally mm-hmm. so i'll tell you my problem but i read their books and 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 they become in my mind and it's my fault not theirs it becomes the paradigm by which I view everything. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with the great apostle Paul, glory to God. And I think that all three of those great men who love the Lord deeply would say, hey, slow down and um, let me help you see that the evidence and the necessary enactment of the Holy Spirit in your life is not that you can live like Francis Chan, but that you can that you can live like Francis Chan in the sense that you are responding to God's specific call and then using the specific power he has given you to accomplish that call. Yeah. That's good. So that I, I just think it's good that we be careful. No, that is. I think <clears throat> there's obvious that gap. We see Paul and then we see our life and there's something different, yeah. which is, I think, 
Natu- yeah. Natural. I'm, I'm much more asking the question: Are you becoming more like? Is the spirit forming you more into like into the likeness of Jesus? Then is the spirit making you look like a biblical hero? You know, that's so, not what I'm asking. So in your message, which I loved, was how it began. You were asking about living in a manner worthy of the gospel. Yeah, that was kind of your driving force at the beginning of your message, which I thought really kind of pointed us in a particular direction. But sometimes, I mean, I know you meant that, but I think sometimes the the value and the importance of that cannot be overstated yeah and 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 even by the time this question is asked in the sermon that's the sermon was really long <laughs> i'll cut it down next time maybe um by the time this question no, he was won't. asked, no, no he won't <laughs> and he will he will mock me when i have a hard time with that um but that's a, that's a whole other podcast well, that's just kind of how this world works around here, Jim. <laughs> um, I'm not saying it's fair or even consistent. It is what it is. Well, it but, better be consistent. I don't care if it's fair, but it better be consistent. Um, but you're right. I mean, so I opened with yeah. that passage out of the uh, out of the early part of of Ephesians, yeah. and then that passage, that particular passage out of Ephesians four, and then by the time I get to this, we that might be so far in the rearview mirror that we we're not connecting it to it anymore. But you're right; they are connected. Scott's got the Bible out, so I think he's gonna got he's verses. got some spiritual formation for us. Yes, form me. Um, so, whenever I think of this question, I immediately Romans eight and Galatians five yeah. come to mind, yep. and we've already quoted. Roman or um, Galatians 5 a little bit and so I want to read a little bit of it but I have two parts to this question and I'll focus on the second part but like the original question is is it necessary for for our daily life mm-hmm. and I really want to at some point come back to this I think the answer is no mm-hmm. and yes <laughs> depending on <laughs> what you want mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. and so I'd love to come back to that because I, I think I think there's a challenge there that our people need um, but the but the other part of it is like what is it supposed to look like on a daily basis and i like the idea of paul uh, um kind of reprimanding us for looking to him as the prototype example oh yeah and and then him i wonder if he would say why don't you focus more on my what i've taught about it instead of just like my specific setting and 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 circumstances and i mean you think about the philippian jailer lydia and that slave girl from philippi like we never hear anything else about them. So are they not him? I mean, what did it look like for them to walk in the spirit? And I think Paul's teaching on it, you know, gave some clear things. Romans eight, Galatians five would be great. But the the one thing that I've always been has really been helpful for me when when someone comes to me, maybe a student that says, yeah, I was baptized a long time ago, and I just don't know if I'm a believer. Or I don't know if I'm a Christian. I don't know. You know, they're really wrestling with whether or not they're saved. And this this is helpful for me. Uh, Galatians 5:17 For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Um, if you are led by the spirit you're not under the law. And so I love this the practicality of if the spirit is bringing conviction to you about sin and issues of the flesh then that's evident of him working in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if you have a desire to want to grow in Christ, then that is evident of the Spirit walking your life. I think 1 Corinthians 15 says you can't know Jesus without the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, those are some practical things. Because it's you, his Spirit, right? Exactly. Like it's yeah. him. So, yes. you, you know, you can't know me without Package knowing. deal. Yes. Yeah, it's like you can't know me without knowing me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. there's yeah. a sense in which that's what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. You can't know me without re- me revealing me to you, <laughs> you know, and that's 
that's what he that's helpful yeah. and then the you know the fruit of the spirit which you mentioned are in galatians 5 as well as as being an, uh, more evident and it's not this isn't these aren't things that we can do to be better christians these are these are things that are produced in us that we should that others should see evidence of you should be able to look back and see evidence of and so i think those are maybe practical answers to that did you did you I want to hear what you have to say, Scott, about the yes and the no. You yeah. said about the necessary. You said yes and no. Did you yeah. did you flesh that out and well, I missed it? No, no he said I didn't. he wants to come I'd back like to, to it. I'd like to come back to it. I don't know if we're... And we will. I think okay. we will. No, that's fine. That's fine. Because I'm really curious to hear what you yeah. have to so say about that. One question before we get there. So we would all agree it is necessary and it can be evident. But how do Christians, how do we as followers of Jesus, get into seasons of our life where that's not true? where it seems like, while it's always true that the Spirit's necessary, but I haven't positioned myself in a way where the Spirit is actually necessary. You use a great phrase that we kind of have this natural management of our everyday life, and that gets into like real time, that we kind of wake up and we get into our daily routine and Mm -hmm. we, our head hits the pillow at night and we haven't leaned on the Holy Spirit, we haven't thought. There, oh, there are many. Tozer, but there are many pagans that manage their lives yes, fine. That how dare I go through a day that I haven't dwelled on God? And that's a real thing for I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who would say they're believers and followers, and yet they get into these seasons mm-hmm. where that's just not a reality, where they haven't positioned themselves to be in this spiritual state yeah. of needing the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So how does that happen, and why does a, that happen? A couple of things that really struck me as I was writing that sermon. Um, and, I, and I found that it was relevant to, and I actually, I think I mentioned it in all three, Go, Gather, and Grow, is the speed yeah. that I run my life at yep, yep. has so little margin that the easiest thing for me to not do is to reflect on what God is doing. And when I'm, when I'm not in like somewhat of a reflective, sensitive mode, even when he is working, I'm, I'm likely to miss it and, and not, and, and even maybe even take credit for it myself. But I, I get in these seasons where I'm, and it, it becomes more of just the year for me sometimes. It's just go, 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 go. And I'm not asking everybody to go and, you know, take more vacation and go sit in the woods by yourself. But I am saying that we, and I meant this whenever I said it about life groups, and I'm thinking I'm starting to mean it about everything else. If I have time, I will fill it with something. Mm. And I think that that is a in regarding this question, that is a detriment. I don't sit still well. Netflix has all kinds of things for you yes. to fill your time with. <laughs> yes, but let me. I totally agree with you. Here's let me let me throw this in alongside of it. If I were to come to you and say. Because it's amazing how much of the comparison there is between our union with Christ and our union in marriage. Um, those, those scenarios in Ephesians, mm-hmm. right? Five. I'm talking about this amazing mystery. You do. I know I'm talking about, like, Christ and his church. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's something going on there that is even deeper than we realize. If I said to each of you, you know, I, I, I sometimes don't even have to think about loving my wife. I just do it naturally now. Like, I just, I mean, she's such a part of my life. She's such a part of who I am that I don't have to stop and reflect. Um, When I'm going home, I just think, huh, there are some flowers. And I just truly, I don't stop and go, okay, how can I honor my wife? Well, I'm at Walmart. I should buy, you know, I just literally see flowers and I want to buy them for her. Wouldn't you say to me, 
yeah, that's just how it happens. Like, yeah. this becomes, so I totally agree that, sure. that we're going too fast. <clears throat> um, I may be the chief of sinners in some sense on that issue. Um, and then the, the part that I want to be careful with is there is a sign of the Holy Spirit's embeddedness in us where forgiveness becomes quicker um, and more new natural, where love becomes more new natural, where a gentleness becomes more new natural, and that I'm not aware of it like I used to be aware of it because it is now my new natural. And I think it's still good to stop and reflect and praise God for that. But there is a sense in which you almost need a year to look at the progressive sanctification sure. to reflect back on what has happened. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's true, but there may be a sign of the Holy Spirit in you if you're not recognizing it like you used to. Is are that, you, are you I, you is ask, it fair to say? Well, I'm, maybe I'm confused about the question. Are you asking how, how do we get to points where, wow, it's so natural we hardly even notice it anymore, or how do we get to points where we haven't bought our wife flowers in 50 years? Sure. Which, yeah, which question I, are you asking? I, I think you're, you're both addressing similar issues, not the same issue. I think you're right that there is, should be a natural implication that as we grow in the Spirit, it becomes part of who we are, and we can't seem to separate it. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you're saying. Sure. I can't separate this new part of this new natural. Yeah. It's not that I'm managing my life naturally. It's that I'm managing my life spiritually, which is the normal way I do things yep. because I've been a believer who's growing for so long. What I'm saying more is how do we get into states where that just isn't the way it's, it's I'm not thinking about my wife and I'm only I'm, I'm not considering her. I'm not. Uh, taking time out of my day at ever to do that. And so for with like a believer, it, I, I have not had a thought to dwell on the Lord. And so I'm not saying today I didn't have any instance where I spoke the gospel or I um, did something that we considered a go gather mm-hmm. or grow. Mm-hmm. It's that I haven't considered the one that all those things are meant to bring glory to. Yeah. Because I don't know. I, I, I've talked with people that that is a reality. They, they consider themselves part of this body, and yet they, they've they gone through a season where they have a disconnect that they feel. And I, I don't have any way to say it's not true with the Lord. Not that their position has changed sure, in his sure. eyes, but there's, there's not this consideration. And so I hear a lot of, and I, I guess I, what I'm reacting a little bit against is how much we have a one-dimensional way of looking at these things where we fail to neglect the ongoing indwelling that already exists. And so we only know how to feel good by feeling bad, that we only know how to admit, yeah, actually I didn't think about my, I didn't stop and reflect and think about my wife. I just naturally bought her flowers. So that must have been a terrible thing. Like that's, so often that's how we go in in spiritual terms. Yeah. And I'm saying, like, I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think there is something. So it depends on where you're coming from. So truly. Yeah. But I want some of our listeners to say and to give a different in that reflection moment, because I'm with you on the on the going too fast problem. But in that reflection moment, not saying I should have stopped and reflected and spent more time and I'm a terrible person and I need to think about why I got those flowers to say, God, thank you for changing me because I've walked by flowers for the last 15 years and I never thought about my wife and now I think about her or I've never, forgiveness has always been hard. And now that I think about it, Justin, like I'm quicker to forgive Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't even have to reflect. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody bumped my car the other day, and I just I just went, hey, dude, it's it's not a problem. And to 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 stop and at some point in time to recognize yes. the Holy Spirit is in you, mm-hmm. and therefore changes th- have have happened. You know, I think we're talking. Praise talk- His name. I think we're. I think we're kind of maybe talking about the same two sides of the same coin. Yes. Like, you know, at some level, what Ryan's challenging and you guys are challenging is to to afflict the comfortable. Yep. At some level, and you're describing to comfort the afflicted. Yes. You know that that you know the reason that you have maybe more naturally love your wife now is because of I think in a lot of ways the Holy Spirit's work in your life and Him leading you to mm-hmm. habits. That that create in you a normal and natural way of living, and and so it kind of starts with like a Holy Spirit conviction to, yeah, I don't. I, I think there's a lot of people that just think it's going to. I'm going to become more like Christ naturally. I go to church, I read the Bible once in a while. This is it's supposed to happen, and then but yet, you know, we we the the what's the book we read. The loves, no, the telos, the, oh, the uh, desiring the kingdom, and you are what you love. You are, you are what you love. love. Yeah, yep. that you know their their ultimate goal in life hasn't really shifted, mm-hmm. and they think that it's going to change. And there's something bigger, that something they love that's drawing them. They find themselves doing things they don't want to do and not doing things they want to do. And they don't know why, and I think it's it's this because it, they haven't really stopped to go. What do I really want? What do I yeah. really love? Yeah. What am I really after? And then, and then recognizing the Spirit's work in their life to be able to say, "Yeah, He is at work in my life." Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's that's part of the reflection that I is. that I think we need to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Part of our vision at Sunnybrook is that we'd be known as a church that helps people live sacrificially for the cause of Christ, and that was kind of the the, the transition you use from the text into yep. your questions. Yep. And so when I heard that question that is the Holy Spirit necessary and evident in our every, everyday life, I thought of that. Like, do I have I positioned myself in a way where on a daily basis at some level I'm living sacrificially for the cause of Christ? And you're saying that some of the, if you're a believer who's matured over time, some of that may be happening, you just you aren't considering because now it's the new normal. Yeah. What I'm saying is it seems like there are some who that's just not a reality. They haven't considered how to live sacrificially for the cause of Christ, and they, they're kind of going through a little bit of the routine and the, the motions so to say. See, and that's where Ryan's right. I love, you know, and this is some, a conviction we've all talked about many times, that there is a control in us. There is a natural ability in us that is not spirit-led, that can look spiritual, mm-hmm. right? A discipline sure. within us or a conviction within us. You that, would be a good public speaker or professor if you were not a Christian at OSU. Yeah. I think and, you would. And I, Yeah, and I could be disciplined. And so sometimes, I, I just want to be honest, like that's that's not necessarily... Um, or that that's not by itself what we're talking about. Right. What we're talking about is the Spirit's evident um, redemptive and restorative, going back to the meta-narrative, the redemptive and restorative work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's the element where you need to be aware of your own spiritual standing and your own spiritual direction. And yeah. and when we understand that, then all of a sudden, and this is where I'm, I'll come, come right back and go, yeah, that's this is what we need to reflect on. It's not just I haven't been thinking I'm bad. It's wow, I haven't been thinking the Holy Spirit is evident. Hmm. Right? And that's all I'm asking Holy for. Still working. The Holy Spirit is has been working. Yeah. And it's it's been such a long time. I mean, I look back at things that I don't even think about anymore. 
that plagued my mind when I was younger. Yeah. Mm. And instead of going, wow, I've learned to discipline myself, I'm going, no, like, wow, the Holy Spirit is way more evident. And you're going, yeah. well, but did you ever have a vision? Yeah, there's so much more that's happening for the glory of God that is becoming like yeah. breathing to us as followers. Of, it's like walking to us. It's like a different attitude yeah. about looking and responding to life. Well, so in the questions Justin sent, he asked us to think, to think back to 2018 and ask, you know, when was the spirit evident or necessary then? And it's interesting. I wrote down a couple of things that, that I, I attribute to the spirit and I don't know if I did at the time. And I don't even know if I did until maybe you asked the question, which was really helpful by the way. So even just a couple of examples, like last year, I think I became a better father. I became more patient with my kids and I don't, and, and hear me, like you'll say, ah, I think you're just getting older and you're mellowing I out. That. I'm not, yep. I mean, the white yep. hairs are coming in, but I'm 33 and I got a lot of fight left in me. I promise I'm not mellowing out. I think the spirit sanctified me as a father and I became more patient and loving with my kids. Yes. I think, um, I think he did the same thing with me as a pastor. I think 2018 was a year that was very transformational for me when it comes to I'm not letting go of my love for the truth I've always loved that but I have learned to love our people a lot better in 2018 and that's not because I read a book on you know being <laughs> winsome it's because the spirit word it's so I mean, it wasn't a Dale Carnegie course it was the Holy Spirit it was the I mean yeah, and, and I, I love thinking on how the Holy Spirit do that in in May of 2018 Scott Irwin Jim Johnson Drew Moss and Paul Weiss did a podcast on on ramps that cut me to the core and I don't think it's because you guys were brilliant the spirit used that yes. to shape me as a minister and my teaching and preaching has changed as yeah. a result. Yeah. And I care about people more. I think more about, are they getting this? Not how much more information can I ram down their throats? It's no, I'll, I will slow down for our sake because all of a sudden I care about the truth and the people in the room. Yeah. And that's not me. That's what the spirit did that to me last year. Yeah. The spirit convicted Rachel and I to be more generous. We, we literally, we looked at what we tithed and when the capital campaign numbers came in, we said, we are going to take exactly what we tithe and double it for the sake of the campaign. And that was hard for us and it stretched us and the spirit grew us in that. We believe the spirit led us to that conviction. We believe the spirit enabled us to follow it through. And we believe the spirit will continue to do that in us for the next couple of years. That wasn't Ryan's best financial decision making that was the spirit moving on yes mm -hmm. yeah and we need to stop and we need to stop and this is the going back to the ephesians one to the praise of his glorious grace to the praise of his glorious grace is that to wreck to stop because we're busy and to reflect on that whether that is i haven't been and i need to be that's the spirit i I haven't even noticed that I've been doing it, but now I'm doing it um and I'm doing it more and more mm -hmm. in an in an unconscious way mm-hmm um, praise the spirit. Yeah. So do you all have any 2018 looking back either in yourself or in people that are in your circles, examples of the spirit being necessary and evident Absolutely. that you would like to share? Well, I can share. Um, I would say the, the campaign did something for our life group specifically that, um, that it, it forced us even before we kicked everything off, we read a book called fields of gold which was a challenge to be generous and several couples in that group 
for the first time started tithing, for the first time started thinking about like their finances weren't theirs and yeah, belonged to the minded. Lord, kingdom minded. Yeah. Uh, my Ryan and I, my wife and I went through the same process of uh, the, the the campaign really forced us to think about giving and sacrificially and being generous. And um, we've had multiple opportunities um, that it keep coming our way to be generous and and and, uh, and I'm thankful for those. I mean, and that's a heart change thing <laughs> that is different in me. Um, specifically, even me as a as a minister, I had to repent from some ways I was thinking about my role as a college minister and have been challenged to have a greater and bigger vision. And I believe absolutely that was the Holy Spirit working in me in August. Um, and so a lot has changed in me over this past year as I look back and go, wow, I didn't. I didn't set out to do any of those things, and those things, to me, were evident of the spirit working. Um, two things. Andrew and I are now at that stage where our, our boys are older. So Sergio is at Oklahoma State. Um, uh, Max just got married. Um, Matt's serving in Mexico. Mac and Liv are getting ready to go to Poland. Um, we've been around a lot of family situations with Andrea's mom passing recently. Um, and even tense situations they're all like right here on top of us and a, a tremendous amount of reflection and uh spirit reminded humility about my own brokenness and my own mistakes that i've made as a father uh, when i see uh the ways that they act and i realize wow this is like i've taught this and i'm going to own this and i'm going to repent of this and i'm going to kind of a, a whole new way i mean ryan i mean just from somebody who's at the empty nest stage, you know, I, I pray that you will continue to, to grow in that level of patience, which isn't just giving up, but it's, but it's genuine spirit patience, not just, okay, I'm going to go to my room, but it's, you know, it's not dismissive of the kids, but it's, I tell my kids that it's long suffering. I want yeah. them to know that there's some suffering on my, well, and, but it's a, it is, it's, but it's a repenting. Like, I mean, it's just, we've just been around a lot of family and it just forces me to go, okay, I'm not giving up. And man, I, I need to care deeply and stay in this and apologize more and literally in front of my family repent more and work hard at maintaining a unity of our family and not just Andrea and I and our boys, but even our extended families. There's a lot that's going on there and it's been really big. The last thing I'll say is um, I have been reading a lot about kind of some cultural trends that are happening. And my natural propensity is to kind of get uh, at first angry and then just uh, whatever, roll over. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to go live in a ditch. I mean, it's it's not going to we can't win this. This is and it's the spirit that just every time I want to get mad, the spirit goes like, but just remember, I've got this. And then every time I want to quit, the Holy Spirit's like, no, but remember, I got this. And so as I just read an article today about what's happening now with ROGD, rapid onset uh, gender dysphoria, uh, Wall Street Journal article. And I mean, they're now having gender neutral uh, birth certificates in the state of New Jersey for those parents that don't want to. And you can actually go back retroactively and kind of change because it's all a mindset, you know, gender different from so all of this stuff. And my, my initial response is, don't you see where this is going? And don't you see how this can just cut? And the Holy Spirit has just given me a whole new way to deal with that, um, which, is, which is totally 
redirected my thoughts from the cultural context to the spirit being in control of these things, um, which doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences and implications. It just means my response to it isn't the way that I used to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And so those are the two big things I've seen in my own life. So, Scott, going back to your question, do you feel like we answered well the yes and no-ness of the spirit being necessary in everyday life, or is there more to say on that? Well, it might even fit better going into the 29, looking ahead to 2019, mm-hmm. you know, for our people. Because the, the question is, is it necessary? And again, what I, what I would want to say is that really depends on what you want and what you're after and what you're about. And, and, and so there, on one hand, the followers of Jesus who have the spirit in them, this is the part that is, I think, challenging and difficult for us to kind of reconcile is the spirit can be in someone and, and yet the person is not giving control to him. And there, and and yet, at the same time, the spirit is in control. Yeah. And so there is a there is a process that I believe the spirit has us in that is out of our control. We can't manipulate and control. He is at work, and and yet, um, this goes down Calvinistic roads that I don't want to really go down. But you know, if, if a person is is after has not really wrestled with the things you talk about in your sermon in terms of kingdom-minded things, gospel-centered things, if, they're, if, they, if, they ha- if that hasn't crossed their minds up until your sermon, going into like looking at resolutions for this year, what do I want to become? What do I want to do? What do we? And if none of that stuff has entered into their mind, that's a, that's a crazy sign. Like if, if that isn't a part of your thinking, God, what do you want from him? If, if none of that is happening, then no, the spirit will not be necessary for you yeah. to do the things that you think you want to do that are going to lead you to nowhere eternal. And this is always going to happen to us. So I, I, I'm fine with our language. We need to kind of stop and reflect. So don't go too fast. Like, let's go back and rethink this. So you, you made this statement, Scott. Um, the followers of Jesus who have the spirit in them, mm-hmm. what would be the other followers of Jesus? And you would say, None. That none. So yeah. that's there's. You, I'm descri- you were describing all of the followers, yes. of, but I think sometimes we need to stop and remember, like that's actually true. Yes. Like the followers of that's not a question mark. Yes. It's a statement. The followers of Jesus have the Holy Spirit, yes. who have the Holy Spirit in them. Yes. Right. And now I'm going to add to it. So exactly. that's not a question. And there's another category. That is the category. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and I, I love the fact that you're describing when you say, you know, this goes in a Calvinistic direction. What we're talking about there is there is a control of this that is fundamentally him. Like, I, I love the fact that reflecting on the Holy Spirit is fine with me being spiritually mature. And when I say fine, I don't mean like, and that's what he wants. But you do realize, like, the Holy Spirit can do to you whatever he chooses. Jesus appeared to, to Saul, yes. and everything radically changed. And so there is a sense. Um, I don't like, I'm trying to repent of my own statements or just immature thoughts that the, my sanctification or even my obedience to Jesus Christ is only a matter of my will. Like, I like how you said it. There is a control that I have. There is a willful suppression at there times. There is a willful suppression at times. But it is never, <laughs> it is never keeping, we talk about that you know, you're keeping the spirit at bay. 
Sure, but he's allowing you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no sense in which the Holy Spirit is going, oh, you got me and I kind of yeah. wish I could. I mean, it doesn't work like that. And we yeah. need to yeah. truly reflect on what is happening and what we really believe. Sure. There's, a, there's just another category out there in our churches of people who may have a false sense of security that they may think that they're at one place and just they're not. They actually, somebody may not actually have the Holy Spirit, but they've just kind of been coming. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not many people. Okay, so you don't need to worry, like, am I in that category? Am I not actually saved? You know, the crisis you mm-hmm. deal with all the time. It's just that most of us just need to recognize what the spirit has been doing over time sure but there may be some who just you actually need the holy spirit to come on you you've not actually done this process you've just kind of taken on something that might be your parents and you haven't had that come on to you you haven't made the uh, not the willful choice but sure. you haven't had the spirit come on you you haven't put your faith in and aligned yourself with the ways of christ first second corinthians thirteen five. Examine yourselves so that you might know you are in the truth, um, lest you find out you're not in the truth. And all of that is about the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in the believers. Um, so I would say this, like if you've not thought, if you've not kind of gone through that, you know, rethinking your conversion and rethinking of the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, if you've never done that, then that might be a sign that something is broken. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know yeah. the final scenario, but to ask the question is natural. To double ask the question and then triple ask the question, and then quadruple ask the question when it's already been answered by the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. then that becomes another form of immaturity or disobedience, right? Mm -hmm. So, but but I I think it is a natural part to say, I'm I'm gonna be looking for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and I see conviction, and I see redemptive, restorative work of the Spirit. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm good. I mean, I'm not done, but I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's Christ's goodness in me. It's imputed goodness. Mm-hmm. Any closing thoughts as we wrap up this podcast today? Any closing thoughts from any of you? Go back and listen to Ryan's sermon if you have not, um, it, because it would really help give context to this. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and the sermon was tracking through going, gathering, and growing. And just my piece of advice in terms of you've even like hearing me process this out loud in the sermon or on this podcast, you can even sense it. The gather piece is so essential for me to do this well because I needed I need somebody else to point out at times the Spirit's work in me so that I notice it or I need them to affirm it mm-hmm. or I need a Justin to ask me, hey, what do you do in 2018? And I pull out my, my paper and I start to write some things that he did that I just kind of glossed over at the time. But now, praise be to his glorious name, you know? So it happens, like, to do, I just, I think Christianity is dead in the water if you're trying to do it by yourself doing this in community is the only way to do it i'd say go back and read romans 8 and galatians 5 um (laughs) that's great romans 8 galatians 5 i love those texts drop that mic yeah boom don't actually yeah I feel, I feel dumb telling you to go back and listen to Ryan's sermon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as a middle ground between Ryan's sermon and the Apostle Paul, uh, one resource that helped me really change my life and how I think of this is uh, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, he was frustrated that he felt yeah. like his daily tasks yep. had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so he had to 
reflect a little bit and reconsider the Lord and everything that he did. And so as he mm. washed pots and pans in this monastery, he counted it as an act of worship because he invited God yeah. into this and he was reflecting on the goodness of God. And he did that work with excellence as a act of worship to God. Yeah. And so that you don't have to be a monk in order to worship God in your everyday mm-hmm. life. Yep. You don't have to be a minister at Sunnybrook to count the things that you do in everyday life as something spiritual. You have to be a spiritual being, somebody who has the spirit dwelling within them. And if you want to, if you want to make the most of your 2019, um, ask, regularly asking that question with yourself and mm-hmm. the community around you, yeah. those you gather with, is is what you need. That's it's the, like we need the spirit of God, the people of God, and the Word of God to yeah. come together. Excellent. Hmm. That book, the Practice of the Presence of God, is. Easily accessible. If you if you're like a Kindle person, that I guarantee that you can find a free or a ninety nine cent version of that. Yeah. There, that's a, that's a good book to, to take a look at. It's a five dollar paperback. So we love you all, and we look forward to seeing you, hearing from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, something you want to hear from, feel free to email us. You can find us on the church website sunnybrook.sunnybrookcc.org. See ya.